Okay, fun seekers, are you in for a <laughs> treat? Maybe not. Well, I think, I hope, I pray that after our time together today, you'll see that the taxes are really not that difficult for the vast majority of people until you get into some more arcane or exotic areas, in which case they become impossible to understand. So what we really want you to do is have the printouts for the first tax exercise, the 1040, the Schedule 1, the Schedule A, or at least be able to get them on the screen in a way you can see them because they're going to be in very small format in the video that you're going to see, especially if you're looking, this, looking at this on your mobile device. But uh, we're going to slog through a typical homeowner's tax return, okay? So stick with us, folks. You'll see that it's a, that as we said, there's, there's a lot there. But once you cut through all the stuff that you don't have to worry about, it's actually not that hard. So let's get started on slide 11, the 1040 form. With the... Tax Reform Act, whatever you want to call it, tax cut of 2017, the IRS decided it was a great opportunity to overhaul the method of reporting our taxes. And, you know, some of the things they did okay, some of the things I don't think they did very well at all, but that's my opinion, and, and um, we'll see. You decide. But, of course, you haven't had experience with what happened beforehand, so... <laughs> you wouldn't know. But they got rid of the old 1040A, which I thought was useless anyway, so I'm glad they got rid of that. But I'm sort of sad they got rid of the 1040EZ, which was really easy and useful for many, many people. So the 1040 now has been simplified. It used to be two pages. It still is two pages, but they added three additional schedules that they didn't have before. How could anyone possibly state with a straight face that adding an additional three pages is simpler? Add to that the confusion of which three pages to use. I'm still confused about certain things. But hey, take heart, dear students. For the first year, the 2018 tax year, it was actually an additional six pages. So between... <laughs> 2018 and 19, they've actually made things a little bit better, I think, thankfully. Thank you very much, IRS. So let us now take a look at the Form 1040. We'll see the identifying information, the important stuff on the, on the front page. So let's pull this over. Now, here's where it's going to start to get immediately scary. Why did they do this? Why did they put this on the beginning of the 1040 Reporting excess deductions on termination of an estate uh, or trust on, on Forms 1044. This is stuff that most people will never have to worry about. And why do they put that right at before anything else? So you have to, you know, for the tax year 1018, you were able to do... Oh, this is where people just, they give up. They just say, I'm not interested. But we're going to go right to, to the second page here where it's actually the first page. And this is the 1040 uh, form. So let's see if we can um, make this a little bit smaller, not too much smaller, because you want to be able to see it. And the first part of the 1040 form is the identifying information. Now let's go back a little bigger and just move it back and forth. So who is this? <clears throat> a King Back. 
a king back. <laughs> and um, see, the face-to-face -face class, get, get, they get bombarded with these things, so my apologies. He's a head of household. Normally, people are either single or married filing jointly, but he's the head of household, and we'll see why in just a bit. And we put our social security number down. We make sure they can identify us. Why? Because some people don't like to do that. They will leave their social security number blank or they'll forget to sign it or they'll write IRS sucks or you get taxes are unconstitutional in the margins. And you know what? The IRS, they're people too, kind of, sort of, really. Anyway, and they got upset about this. They went to the Congress and said, hey, can you do anything about this? And the Congress said, okay. So if you file a frivolous tax return, refuse to put your social security number down, say it's unconstitutional, refuse to sign it, they can fine you. And I think the fine is up to $1,500 per occurrence. Right. So if you forget to file your, uh, social, your, your 1040 or you forget your social security, call them, contact them, contact them, say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I screwed up. And they'll tell you what to do. Now, <clears throat> here's where we can put in the presidential election campaign stuff. And then if somebody can complain, can claim you as a dependent. So you just leave that blank for the vast majority of people. And here's where we put in our dependents. And see, uh, A. King has a son who, for whom he is the sole guardian. He is the primary guard, primary uh, uh, breadwinner for uh, caregiver. So he gets to claim him as a dependent and gets to claim a head of household. And we'll see how that helps in a bit. And so who is his son? Wayne D. Back. Wayne D. Back. Wayne D. Back. Yeah, you know Wayne D. Back. Yeah, okay. Anyway, he put his Social Security number down because he's his son. He got his Social Security from the Social Security Administration relationship. And he will, because he's under 17, be able to be used as a child tax credit. Now, there's a curious, I think it's on the screen on the, on the, on the uh, presentation. Yes, of course it's on the screen in the presentation. Curious um, situation uh, between 1986 and 1987, I think it was, or back then, long time ago. The IRS did not require you to put down the Social Security number of the dependents. And that one year when they didn't, between the one year when they didn't and the one year they did, 7 million or 8 million children just mysteriously disappeared. Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> People wouldn't cheat on their taxes, would they? Mm. So here we are. This is what I was saying right here. In 1987, the IRS started requiring taxpayers to include the Social Security number of dependents. Seven million children and other dis dependents mysteriously disappeared. So <clears throat> make sure you put down your identifying information, address, uh, signature, uh, occupation on what we'll see on the end. Uh, Social Security number of your dependents. Don't forget to sign your return. And yes, remember that uh, tax fraud and evasion are a very old and time honored way of saving on your taxes. But they also used to tie you to a pole and whip you. Now they just make your life miserable. So don't do it. Anyway, slide number. Oops, oh, wrong, 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 wrong. Here we go. Slide number two, I'm sorry, 13, top of page two, which is really page one. So my apologies. So, but let's go back to the, um, to the, it's actually page one. So I should really change that because even though it's on the second page of the 1040 form, they still call it page one, I think. Let me see. I'm getting confused here. Let's go down. 
And let's see if they still call it page one. No, they don't do that anymore. They used to have page one, page two. They don't do that anymore. Interesting. So they, they so this is actually page two, even though it's the first page because of that page of scariness that they put on there. So now let's uh, see if we can, let's make this a little smaller. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah, it's going to be a little hard for us to see. Let's just move back and forth, make it bigger. Okay, so the first several up to six or seven, yeah, seven, first seven uh, lines are all the different types of, of income that we could have. So let's take a look. A King has his W-2 form from where he works. That's the little snitch that we'll see later on. And it uh, tells the IRS and A King that he made $51,900. And he also had some taxable interest. That's on line two for $100. If you have qualified dividends from, from taxes, that's line number three, IRS, IRA, I'm sorry, your, your distributions from your IRAs and other pension and annuities, Social Security benefits, that's line number four, capital gains, taxes, if you have uh, bought, sold some stock, some real estate and the like, but mother, mother, and, then, and then other income from Schedule 1, which used to be on this line, on, on this form, but they added another schedule, line 9. So most people are not going to have these. They're going to have their W-2 wages and maybe a little bit of taxable interest, but with interest rates close to zero now, that's probably not even going to be the truth. So we go all the way down to line 7B, and we have our gross or what they call total income. I often call it the gross income because we have then have the adjusted gross income. Are you with me? Did you see that? Was that, was that that really hard? Well, it is if all of a sudden you get a capital gain or a property is sold and then you have to do all the, uh, the, the, the um, reapportionment, whatever it's called, uh, recapture of the depreciate. What are we talking about? That's when you need to hire somebody who or use you know, one of those tax services, which are tax service programs, which are actually, you know, not too bad, not too bad. So let's now. Uh, take back, go back to the um, to the slide here, and see that for the most people they're going to have wages. Whoops, how we do it? Wages and maybe a little bit of interest, maybe a little bit of dividends and the like. But for the most part, no. So now we have our gross income on slide on page. I'm sorry, line seven B. Now what's going on here? What are the adjustments to income? Let's see if I can highlight that. Yes. What are the adjustments to income? Well, those used to be on Form 1040. Now they've moved them to Schedule 1. Here's Schedule 1. Let's make it a little bit bigger. Again, you're going to want to print this out because this is you know, very small. And here are some places where you can add your income, such as alimony or business income or rental income, or detract or reduce your income, what they call adjustments to income, educator expenses, self-employed uh, 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 contributions to your self-employment plans. And in A. Kingback's um, example, he made an IRA deduct, IRA contribution. So he gets to deduct that, whoa, IRA, whoa, it's doing the whole thing. IRA contribution of $1,000. What line is that? 20, uh, 19. And then he also had some student loan interest that was deductible for 1000 bucks. So he has two adjustments to income on Schedule 1. Are you lost already? They're just ways for us to reduce our income and pay fewer dollars in taxes. So if we go back to the 1040 form, you'll see 
Here, uh, in adjustments to income from Schedule 1, line 22, and he put $2,000 here, the, the IRA deduction and the student loan interest. So now we see his total income, or some I like to call it the gross income, reduced by $2,000, and now he has his adjusted gross income. The adjusted gross income is now $50,000. Are you with me? Go slow down. I know it might be a little quick for you. Let's go back to the screen, uh, to, the, to, the, to the presentation. And we see that he had all the total income up to line 7B, and now is able to reduce his income by the deduction, the, uh, the, the IRA contribution, which they call an IRA deduction, and then the student loan interest. The AGI, the adjusted gross income, is an important number. Many tax items are tied to AGI, such as the ability to contribute to retirement accounts or utilize certain deductions and personal exemptions, as we will see as we continue. Okay, so now we are ready to go to the next. Oh, here's, here's, here's the slide for Schedule 1. We've already gone through the Schedule 1 already. If we bring it back here, here it is again. Take a good look at it. Notice these two lines. These are probably the only two lines that you will ever have to enter in a Business 121 Financial Planning and Money Management course. And there will be little asterisks here to tell you where to put them, and there'll be numbers for you to put them in there. So you won't have to decide on that. You'll see when you do the second tax exercise, and then when you do the assignment, you'll see, put these here. Here's the stars. Okay, good. All right, so now we're going to um, take a look now at, at slide number um, where's, the, where's the slide number? Okay, so we went through this schedule one additional income, farm income, alimony, business. We don't have any of that, most people don't. And then the uh, certain expenses, educator expenses, retirement deductions, and the like. So let's go to the next slide. Now, here, here's where it starts to get if you're going to say it starts to get a little tricky, by the way. Here's where it starts to get a little tricky. So let's go back to the um, to the uh, 1040 form. And you'll see on line nine, it says the standard, why does it do that? Standard deduction or itemized deductions. So here, there's a standard deduction that everybody gets to take advantage of. And most people do, that's all they need. But some people, especially homeowners, will get to take advantage of itemized deductions. And where do we see those? We're gonna see those on schedule A. But you get to take advantage of the standard deduction or the item, itemized deductions, but you can't do both. And notice for 2019, it's $12,200 for single people. Married, it's $24,400, basically double. And we're going to see it's a little different for, for a, a head of household and then married filing separately and the like. But most people are going to take the standard deduction. Some people, if you have sufficient deductions to specifically home mortgage interests, we're going to see the one that, that puts most people over the edge, you get to take advantage of the itemized deductions. So let's take a look at now. We're going to get rid of Schedule 1. Boop. Okay, and there's Schedule A. Here's the homeowner's friend. And again, I know it's hard to read, so that's why we wanted you to, to print it out. Um, where you get medical expenses, taxes you paid, interest you paid, gifts to charity, all these things that most people will have some of, but unless you have that home mortgage interest payment, 
most people are not going to have these. And they're going to take the standard deduction. So let's take a look at medical expenses. Wait a minute. A King doesn't have any medical expenses? Why did he leave it blank? He's got a son. Of course, you know, he's got some kind of medical expenses. Well, what we're going to find is that you have to have at least 7.5% of your adjusted gross income of medical and dental expenses before you can actually take advantage of them. So in A. King Back's uh, example, that's $50,000, the adjusted gross income, times 7.5%, which is turns out to be $3,750. So unless he has at least $3,750 of medical expenses, he can't take advantage of those. Anything above that he could put in and get reduction of his, uh, his of income and reduce his taxes. So he left it blank. And most people with insurance, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe your insurance, because the insurance that is not paid for by your employer counts and insurance is expensive, so maybe the insurance will put you over the edge. But most people, if they have insurance through their employer, they're not going to have any deductions for that. Now, let's go back to the state and local taxes. Whoops, what happened? That was a 1040. I'm sorry. And you'll see that he, A. King owns a condo. He has a house. So he gets to take advantage of personal property taxes. Whoops. Why isn't it showing? Yeah, I, can't, I have a hard time hiding, highlighting it. It wants to highlight the whole thing. There he goes. You get to take advantage of the personal property taxes. And he also gets to take advantage of his... I'm sorry, that's the, I'm sorry there's, the, there's the property tax, the real estate taxes. This, the personal property tax, that's your DMV tax. And here's the state and local income taxes. So maybe you have a state where it doesn't have state income tax. They have sales tax. You can take that. Or you can take the sales tax, but you can't take both. <laughs> so California, we're going to want to put in our, our state income taxes. And notice that they added up for A King and it turns out to be 5100. So let's go review it quickly. His state and local income taxes, for the most part that's going to be your state income taxes. If you have we don't have a local income tax here in San Diego County, some places do. Or your general sales tax, which you can take advantage of in some states that don't have an income tax, they have a big sales tax. But um, we will take advantage of the income tax. And then his real estate taxes, property taxes on his on his home. I sorry about that. And then the DMV tax, the, the whatever it is for the uh, vehicle license fee they call it, or vehicle license something rather on the IRS. So we add up fifty one hundred dollars. Now notice on line five e, they say, oops, Oops, you can only do a total of $10,000. Now, notice A King was not above the $10,000. But a lot of people in California and on the East Coast, from Boston all the way down to Washington and Chicago, high area, you know, high income, high expense areas, they had far more than $10,000. So here's what happened. I'm sorry, what are we... we um, here we are. All right, here we, here we are. Notice that the this 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 thing right here, where is it? Here it is, was part of the Republican attack on what they call the blue states. I can't stand that blue and red. We're all Americans, but you know, Democrat is blue and Republican is red. When did that happen? I don't know. But still, 
it was pretty nasty. I mean, they 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 knew what they were doing, and uh, subsequently there was a backlash in 2018 at the at the polls, which we'll discuss a little bit later. Uh, so uh, that was that was a bit of a cruel thing for them to do, but they did it, and so um, they got they got a little bit hit by the House of Representatives in 2018, as we'll see. But um, so whoops, 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 I keep keep losing that guy. So there's the um, the total uh, state and local taxes, salt they call it sometimes, that A King can take advantage of, fifty one hundred. Now, has he gone over the? Um, let's go take a look at the the standard deduction. Notice the standard deduction for the we said single was twelve thousand two hundred. Let's make it a little bit bigger. For married filing jointly is 24,400 24, and also qualifying widower. But then notice the head of household is in between. So it's better than a single person, but because you have a, a child or children or other dependent, you get a bigger standard deduction. So if we go back to Schedule A, we'll see that so far he's only got $5,100. Is he gonna go over the 18,300? Not yet, but look at what happens when he adds in his mortgage interest. And there was talk about getting rid of the mortgage interest deduction. Oh boy, would the world have turned upside down then. But they didn't. <clears throat> and so he paid in 2019 $16,200 in home mortgage interest. And that's why we often call Schedule A the homeowner's friend. Because... What happens? It pushes you over the standard deduction. So now with the $5,100 and the $16,200, we're going to see that he is over that $18,350. But we're not done yet because he also made some gifts to charity. He gave $700, whatever, to his church or whatever, or a Southwestern Community College Foundation. And so um, this is what has put him over the 18,350 was the 18,350. That's why we often call the uh, Schedule A the homeowner's friend. Yes, the homeowner's friend. But if you have a lot more home, um, um, I mean, sorry, state and local taxes than 10,000, is not as friendly as it used to be, as we'll see. Okay, so let's go back to the, oops, to the presentation. Oh, excuse me. And so we see that Schedule A has, as we, let's review, uh, medical and dental expenses, taxes, $10,000 limit, and now the home interest rate, as we said, <laughs> right. For homes purchased starting in 2018, they capped the interest, the mortgage interest, remember it was talk of getting rid of it, they capped it on the first $750,000 of of uh, of mortgage so again a yet another attack on on states that have high mortgages woo yes we'll see what happened after that gifts to charity as we said okay total deductions are are, are on line 17 let's go back to line 17 and oops that's the 1040 form no it is not yeah it is so he has on line 17 the total 22,000 which is higher, 22,000, higher than the 18,350. Right, so he is going to be able to take advantage of the standard deduction. 
Notice he put down $22,000. If he did not have deductions high enough to reach $18,350, he would take the standard deduction because it would just make more sense. And if you were using TurboTax or one of the other tax programs, it would say, hey, you don't have enough deductions to meet the standard deduction. Let's use the standard deduction. You pay fewer dollars in taxes. Is that cool? Stop, go back, rewind it, make sure, because it's really not that hard once you've seen it a few times. Until you've seen it a few times, it's just, why? what are standard, what are itemized, what are they talking about? So let's go back to the presentation and discuss the qualified business income deduction on, on, the, um, on, slot, on line number 10. So line number 10 uh, is for people who have small businesses. This was meant to mirror the corporate deduction because there was one guy, I forget, Ben Sass of Nebraska, who said, you got to give it to low income, to, uh, to small businesses too. Well, not low income, some small businesses make a lot of money, but you can't just give it to corporations to tax cut. You have to give it to small businesses. And that's what, I'm oh, sorry, long one. That's what line number 10 is. Again, most people are not going to be, not going to be bothering them. So then we have, we add the standard deduction in line number 10, which most people will never ever see, and get 22000 So now we know our deductions, either the standard deduction or the itemized deductions, but not both. And we subtract the 22000 from the 50000 and we finally, at the bottom of the first page, which is really page number two, and we have our taxable income. So whoopee, we're back to the slide, back to the slide, there it is. Taxable deduct, total deductions and taxable income. Congratulations, we have finally determined how much of our income is taxable income. We can now compute our tax due on line 12. Sorta, kinda, well, not really. Don't you wish it were that easy? <laughs> At least we can get started calculating our tax due. But um, I just wanna make a point, I think we're gonna make it in the next presentation. What they did on this with the uh, the state and local taxes and the limiting the mortgages was a real affront to the areas like California, Washington State, um, Washington D.C. area, Boston, New York, Chicago, Boston, uh, Philadelphia, and the subsequently 2018 the House flipped from Republican to Democrat. In fact, it's in the next presentation, but in Orange County, which is typically very conservative, lost every single Republican uh, House of Representative uh, person. Every single person went from, from Republican to Democrat. That's what happens to people. They get very upset when you hit them in the pocketbook. Right? <laughs> Slide number 12. So now we're moved to page number three, which is really page number two. So let's go, let's go back to the 10. Oh, there's a schedule. A. We're going to get rid of that for now. So here's the schedule A. So we got to the bottom of page two, which is really page number one, and uh, there's 28,000. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna move to the next page. Oh, see, so they do call it page number one and page number two. So this really is, where does it say page number? doesn't say page number one anymore, it used to, but this is page number two, which is really the third page of the file. How's that? For, that see, that's the why people get so upset with the IRS. They just say, I can't figure this out. I can't understand it. So now, so on page number two, uh, tax some from line number 12. 
So we use that 22,000 22, from the end of the first page to find our tax. Now, how do you do that? What you normally do <laughs> is use the tax tables. Most people are going to use the tax tables. But after you make up to 100,000, over 100,000, or you have one of the other methods, Schedule D or AMT or whatever, you, you use some other method. So again, if you're in this situation, you're going to want to use some kind of tax program or, or have somebody help you do them because you're in a, you know, a higher level um, situations. So let's go to the tax table. Here's the tax table. And it's nothing but a bunch of numbers that just drives people nuts. Oh my goodness. But really all we have to do is go down. I'm going to make it bigger. Find 22,000. There it is. There's 22,000. Let's make it bigger now. 22,000. And are we single, married, filing jointly, married, filing separate, head of household. So we go down to 22,000 and there it is. 2366. Did I get that right? I hope. Head of household, 2366. I hope I got that right. Let's see. 3086. What'd I do? Oh, no, 28,000. I'm sorry. 22,000. I... 22,000 was the deductions. 28,000 is his tax due. You're probably thinking, oh, Payana's lost it. You're right. I have. I have lost it. It's, it's, I'm with everybody else, folks. This, this, this COVID is driving everybody nuts. So 28,000. Let's find 28. There's 28,000 on the other side. And we want head of household, which is this one right here. 3,086. So did we do that right? Yes, we did it right. 3,086. Yay, team. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so now, um, any other taxes? Well, for the most part, no. Most people are not going to have to worry about other taxes. That's all they're going to have. Now, some people, yes, and we'll see later on. Now, what's going on here? What's We have what's called a progressive tax system. We have a, a, a tax system that as you make more money, you wind up paying more taxes. And we'll see how that works in just a bit. Okay, so he used the tax table or he had some software program that looks it up automatically and found that he owes $3,086 in taxes. So he puts that on his 1040 uh, form here on line 12A. And then because he doesn't have anything else from schedule two, most people don't, you have $3,086. So let's uh, take a break now and go back to the slides and talk about our progressive tax system. In 2019, these were the marginal tax rates. Notice that if you're single, between zero and 9,700, you pay 10%. As soon as you make the $1 more than $9,700, the next dollar you're getting charged at 12%. As soon as you make $39,475, the next dollar you're being charged at 22%. 84,200, 24%. 
If you're married, they double it. Zero to 19,400, 10%. 78,950, 12%. So the tax cuts were ballyhooed by the, uh, the politicians. But in reality, they overwhelmingly went to the wealthy. The average poor family saw $60 tax cut. The average middle class saw about $950. Folks in the 95th and 99th income brackets saw $13,480. The top 0.1% saw almost $200,000 in reduced taxes. So how could they say that it was not geared toward the rich? They just said it. And so people, maybe people believed it, maybe they didn't. But here are the numbers. Once the plan is fully phased in, taxes for the bottom will be unchanged, go down slightly for the 80 to 90, 80 to 99%, and fall sharply for the 1%. Surprise. So now watch what happens when we move to 2018. Oops, the rates are the same. Let's go back. Wait a minute. The rates, the rates didn't change. I thought you said that no, no, what happened is the brackets change. Your marginal bracket changed. So in other words, in 2018, the first $9,525. Whereas over here on 2019, it was the first 9,700. So instead of the rates going up, the brackets are just raised. What does that mean? Fewer dollars are taxed at higher levels. Think about it. Think about it, folks. Here, the first $9,700 in 2019 were taxed at 10%. But in 2018, the first $9,525 were taxed at 10%. So you see in 2019, fewer dollars being taxed, I mean, more dollars being taxed at the lower rate and fewer dollars being taxed at the higher rate. Does that make any sense? Think about it for a bit because... This is how it works. It's a marginal tax system, and it allows people at the lower end of the economic scale to pay fewer taxes than at the higher end of the economic scale. So the taxes were um, temporary every year until 2012. Then they made them permanent, and now in 2018 they made them temporary again because they're going to go back to permanent in 2025. Are you following me? I don't even know if I'm following me. My apologies. And now look what happens in 2017. You see, now you see that the rates were actually higher in 2017. See, 10 instead of 12, it's 15. Instead of 22, it's 25. 24, 28. So let's go back, move back and forth, and you'll see how that changes. And the top was 39.6. The percentage rates normally don't change unless, as they did in 2017, the tax brackets are simply adjusted upward according to the inflation rate. 2016 brackets were lower than 2017, 2015 were lower than 2016, etc. And again, they become temporary again <laughs> uh, until 2025 when they revert back to what they were in 2017. I know, I apologize. Stop, maybe start all over again. My apologies. I'm ready to stop and start all over again. 
Now, let's take a look at an example using the marginal tax rates. Let's say you're a single taxpayer with $40,475 of taxable income. Remember, this is after you've taken the any adjustments to income and the standard deduction or the itemized deduction. This is your taxable income. So the first $9,700 is taxed at 10%. So that's easy, 9,700 times 10% is $970. The next amount from 9,700 to 39,475 is taxed at 12%. So that's an easy calculation. You take 39,475 minus 9,700 times 12%. They're not going to tax you again on the 9,700, right? You've already been taxed on that at 12 at 10 percent so if you do the calculation that's three thousand five hundred seventy three dollars and then anything above the thirty nine thousand nine fifty in this case just a thousand dollars we made it very easy is taxed at 22 percent and you can see how many people wind up in the 22 percent before when it was 25 percent bracket because once you've reached you know about middle income you're in the middle, you know, you're, you're in that 22, which used to be 25, which will go back to 25 in 2025. <laughs> so that's $220. So that's $1,000 times 22%. So $47.63. And of course, you don't have to do this calculation. It's already done for you in the tax table. And if you go in the tax table and look up for $40,475, for a single person, you'll see that it is indeed 47.63, or close thereof, because the, the the tables are on $50 increments. The first amount is taxed at 10%, 9,700. The next amount is taxed at 12%, and the third amount is taxed at 22%. If there were any, if he had, if this person had gone any higher, then it would go to 24 and 32, 35, 37 a progressive tax system. The next dollar you make is always taxed at your current marginal rate, which is why it's important to know your marginal rate, but most people don't even want to think about it. <laughs> they just, you know, especially when they're taking Business 121, Financial Planning and Money Management, they answer the question on the test, maybe they don't get it right, and then they quickly forgot about it, forget about it. But that's not going to be you, dear student. You're going to remember that the marginal tax rate is very, very important. If only, slower next slide. Come on, come on, go to the next slide. Oops, 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 too far. If only to be able to discuss intelligently our tax system, because the average tax rate, which we said is not as important uh, for you when you're making personal financial decisions, is therefore important to understand, because here that single taxpayer on the previous slide with forty thousand. $475 of taxable income had $4,763 of taxes due. So you take the taxes due, $4,763, divided by the $40,475, and you get about 12%. So this person, their average tax rate, not their marginal rate, they've moved up to the 22% tax bracket, but on the average dollar that they have, it's about 12%. So you will hear people talk about the flat tax and they'll say, well, everybody should be paying the same amount, but that same amount would be 
probably about 20%. Yeah, so who would win and who would lose with the flat tax? Well, because we have a progressive system, if we went to a flat tax, which is considered non-progressive or uh, regressive, sometimes people call it, the people at the top would you know, pay a whole lot less and the people at the bottom would pay more. But there is room for discussion. There are some people say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't we give everybody a huge standard deduction and then make the tax flat? Okay, well, okay, that, let's talk about that, right? Let's, the problem we know is that the tax system is completely broken. But we, no one can agree on how to fix it. And every time we just start talking about fixing a tax uh, code, it becomes a very political and dangerously... Um, um, uh, non-intelligent. Uh, we don't use, we don't sit down and reason with one. We just yell at each other, which is why you're taking Business 121, Financial Planning and Money Management, so you can understand how progressive system works. And then there are others who say, forget this, let's go to a national sales tax, sometimes called the, uh, the fair tax or the consumption tax, value-added tax, that has its problems too. That's, you know, but okay, okay, we'll make um, uh, luxury goods tax at a much higher rate than, you know, stuff you need every day. There's room for discussion. And so, dear students, be good citizens and scream and holler at the people you don't agree with. I'm, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> Engage intelligently in well thought out debates anyway let's continue slide 24 we go come on let's go okay the marriage penalty we'll go through this very quickly because it's been removed for now but <clears throat> you can read that you probably can if you're looking on your phone if the marginal rates are higher for single taxpayers how come we sometimes hear people complain about the so-called marriage penalty well because the second wage earner in the family pays their taxes at the highest marginal rate they do not get to take advantage of the lower tax brackets. So you'll hear people say, well, you know, I was staying at home and we were only a one wager in our family. And then I figured, OK, the kids are in school. I can go uh, take go back to my job. And they think, you know, they're going to be a lot wealthier. But in reality, that person, that second person now starts at the marginal tax rate. They don't get to take advantage of the of the 10 percent and the 12 percent. They might jump right into 22 or 24 percent, which is why you hear people complain. Well, what happened? What happened? Well, you're getting a lot of money in taxes. Married couples with only one wage earner actually get rewarded, not punished. But they, they need more money because there's two people. Now, <clears throat> in 2017, Congress removed the marriage penalty for all of the brackets, <clears throat> except for the very last one. You'll notice that every single bracket is twice what the single is until you get to the last one. They created a whole new marriage penalty. <laughs> Both single and married filers have the same $10,000 state and local tax limitations. Yep. Another attack on the blue. Oh, I hate it. Blue, red. What is it? We're all uh, whatever. Whatever. So so remember the, the marriage penalty does not apply now, except for the people at the very, very high income level. Slide number 25, the dreaded AMT. Well, the alternative minimum tax is a whole other tax system. And you most won't hear most people ever affected by it because 
they keep pushing it away. They keep eliminating it every, they call it an exemption, every year. This was originally meant to make sure everybody who could afford to pay taxes would pay taxes. This goes way back to the 1960s when there were millionaires not paying any taxes. So that didn't sit well, right, especially with voters. So the Congress in, I think, 69 created the AMT. But in the late 1960s, $100,000 was a very unusual and a very substantial income. But that's, I mean, it's still a very good income, don't get me wrong, but it's not the same as it was in 1960 when a house cost, you know, $30,000 and a car was 3000 So the AMT keeps affecting more and more people, especially two-income families in, again, the high-income high states. <clears throat> and every year, Congress keeps pushing it away, passing an exemption. Notice that it was eliminated for businesses, but not for individuals. They eliminated entirely for businesses, but for individuals, they just have to pass the extension every year. Yes, is our tax system broken? Yes. Can we, fix, can we uh, uh, agree on how to fix it? No. Oh, well. Slide number 26. All right, so let's go back to the form. <laughs> I know you didn't want to go back to the form, but here we go. So now we're going to take a look at tax credits because tax credits are cool, especially if any children under 17, you get that $2,000 tax credit. And then there are others for child care and education costs and retirement savings costs, foreign tax credits if you have to pay um, um, any taxes outside the United States. And so let's go back to Form 1040 and take a look at slide, I mean, sorry, sorry take a look at the line 13. <clears throat> now remember, A. King has a child, Wayne DeBeck, and he's under 17, so he gets to take advantage of the $2,000 tax credit. And then most of us will not have any other tax credits. Maybe we have some, some tax credits from, oh, uh, for retirement savings, if you put money in a Roth IRA or a 401k and you're not in a high income bracket, check it out. We'll talk about that much later in the class. So, so A. King has got a $2,000 tax credit, which, which we put on line 13A, and then any tax credits from Schedule 3, which we're not even going to take a look at, go on, go on, on line 13B. So his total tax credits are $2,000. So what happens? Woo! Tax credits! Dollar for dollar savings on your taxes. So his original tax bill from the, the tax table was $3,086. Bingo, $2,000 comes right off the top. And now we're looking at $1,086 on line 14. Cool? So let's go back to the presentation. Yes, um, tax credits are on the next on the, we'll discuss those in the next slide are very very cool tax deductions only give you a a break at your marginal level so the higher the income the more it's worth if you're 10 percent, it's only worth ten dollars for every hundred dollars if you're into 22 percent, it's worth 22 dollars for every hundred dollars but a tax credit is a dollar for dollar savings you get a hundred dollar tax credit boom a hundred dollars comes off your taxes so we'll take a look at that on the next slide now Let's go back to the, now let's now take a look at other taxes, which again, most people are never going to have to worry about. So let's go back to the, to the form. And here's slide 15, other taxes. Many people now more and more are working as independent contractors, in which case they don't realize that they're supposed to be paying their self-employment tax, their social security tax. Remember, you, when you work as an employee, 
have the money come out of your pocket, out of your paycheck, and they go to the Social Security and Medicare, and then your employer matches that. Well, if you're self-employed, and that means you are an independent contractor, most people don't realize that, you're a business, you're an independent contractor, you're a business, the IRS expects you to pay your, your Social Security and Medicare, and you're supposed to pay your double, not quite double, because you get to deduct it as, an, as a deduction, but you're supposed to pay your the employer's you're your employer, your own employer. So you're supposed to pay their contribution. And a lot of people miss that. And then after a couple of years, the IRS finally sends you a friendly little letter saying, you goofed, you owe us this much money. But A-King, no, he has a W-2. So notice that um, that uh, that he is zero. For most people, it will be zero. And then any other taxes, if you have people working in your home, and there's a, there's a few others that you can... If you're so inclined, you can go walk through Schedule 2. And, of course, if you took the, the, the uh, tax class here, you would learn about that. But most people never have to worry about that. So slide, I mean, line 15, whoops, 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 back to the presentation. Line 15, no, we don't have to worry about that. No, 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 no. So total tax. Hooray, we made it. We now know how much we owe. Well, maybe not, depends. But, yes, we... <laughs> We now know how much we owe. So let's go back to the PowerPoint. I'm not the PowerPoint, the uh, the uh, the uh, 1040. And see, here it is, 1086. So finally, slide line 16. Here we finally know how much taxes we owe. Cool? Okay, so let's go now to the presentation and take a look at slide number 27, which we already went through quickly. I apologize. Maybe I should reorder these uh these slides, but um, the tax credit is very cool. You get a dollar dollar reduction in your taxes. As we said, the tax deduction only reduces your taxes by the marginal tax bracket. There's never a reduction in Social Security taxes. So, sound like a test question? A tax credit is worth more than a tax deduction. Tax credits are dollar for dollar deductions from your ta reductions of your taxes sound like a yeah 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 okay okay not for that slide 28 up oh, there it is the little snitch the w2 form that is sent to you and to the irs from your employer and that's why the irs loves employees in the state of california they love employees whereas if you're a an independent contractor, a lot of people sort of cut corners, don't tell the IRS how much they really made. So here it is. So 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 W two for a king. We go to uh, we don't see it, but if we go to the uh, to the uh, form, we'll see that his W two said he had fifteen hundred dollars withheld. See federal income tax withheld, and some people will get ten ninety nines which are for self-employed people, but they will have some money withheld for whatever reason they asked for it or the IRS told them they had to have it. So if we go back, slide number 29, here it is, folks. Line 17, the withholding on your W-2 form. The IRS says you should pay as you go. They do not want you to wait until the next year, right? Wait until April of the next year and pay your whole uh, tax bill. If you do that, they could penalize you. <clears throat> exactly, for under withheld it, withholding. And uh, if that happens to you, you can actually say, I'm sorry. You can write them a letter. I've always, always worked. I'm sorry. 
I should have made more, should have had more withheld. I won't do it next year. And I've helped people do this and they always have been granted the, the, uh, the waiver. Always. So figure that one out. Some people get huge refunds. Now, this is not a big deal now that interest rates are so low. But if you're running up credit cards, if you are running up credit cards and then expecting to pay those off with the, with the, uh, the refund, that's not good planning, folks. You're paying, you know, whatever, 20% or whatever. So do your best to estimate your tax bill. Now, what does 90%, 100% mean? Hmm, those are interesting numbers that may be the answers to a question on the, on the assignment for chapter three. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. But <coughs> you figure, you, you, once you, again, the answer is not as important as the process of, of looking for it. But they want you to, to have you know, a goodly amount of your taxes paid. You, you try to have it so you owe them 50 bucks or they owe you 50 bucks. That's, that's you know, my humble opinion the best, but it's not always easy <laughs> considering, especially if you're self-employed, you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. So, so do your best to, to, to uh, find, you know, find that you owe them a hundred, they owe you a hundred dollars. But if you like a debt, big refund, oh, well, it's your decision, right? But if you're using it to pay down credit card debt, please, you know, take out, fewer dollars in withholding and pay off that credit card debt as soon as you can. Okay. Now let's go to line 18. Remember we said that now we know how much taxes we held, we owe. Well, maybe not. <laughs> we may have more credits coming to us. It depends. You know, if you have kids, you definitely want to take a look at this. Because the earned income credit, now A-King is, is, is not eligible for this. He makes too much. But if you make less than A-King and you have a child or more than a child, you definitely want to look this up because the earned income credit is very cool. You can think of it like a reverse tax. We know you're not making a whole lot of money. So we're going to give you some money to keep working. You know, some people call it a uh, universal income or something like that. It's not. It's a tax credit. And if you don't ask for it, are they going to call you up and say, hey, Myrtle, you know, you're eligible for the uh, earned income credit. We'll send it. No, they don't do that. You've got to ask for it. Now, if you go to, if you go to, now see, notice he doesn't get it. But if you go to the v Vita program, which is, you know, because of the COVID, it's not in session. But hopefully next year when we have four vaccines and it's going to be so great. Um you, you go there, their software will automatically pick it up. And, of course, if you use one of the software programs online or buy a software program, it will catch it. So if you don't do your own time, I mean, do your own taxes, make sure you use, at least run it through on the for free. They'll let you run it through for free when you go to file. It's when they charge you. And then you could do it by hand or whatever. And some people can file for free. And especially if you qualify for the earned income credit, you're, you're supposed to have a free option. I forget the, the, the cutoff. But the TurboTax and the others do their best to hide that. They don't, <laughs> they don't want you to know about the free option because, of course, they want you to pay them. So be careful, be careful, be careful. So that was slide uh, line 18. Cool? And then the other payments or credits. So relax. Just a couple more, folks. Just relax. I know. Breathe deeply. I know, Paquito, I'm so tired. I'm so confused. It, it's a slog. Slide number 30. 
How to avoid common filing errors? Well, check your arithmetic twice, three times, four times. Attach the necessary documentation. Put your social security number, tax year, form number on the check. Don't make your check payable to the IRS. Make it to the United States Treasury. Keep photocopies or you know, spreadsheets or whatever. File electronically, as we said, for free, depending on how much you make. And if you use one of the programs, be sure you don't let them bamboozle you, trick you into paying. Check everything again. And if you need time, file an extension. All right. And we want, that's one of the questions. How long do you have for an extension? They gave us an extension this year. And you can get another extension. So check that out. What that's, Make sure you get the right year because it changes. It's changed in the past. And people will put down the wrong, the wrong answer. They looked up, you know, 2003 or whatever. Okay. So avoid common filing errors. But what happens? Oh, slide 31. I'm almost done, folks. Relax. Oh, what happens if you find you made a mistake? Should you A, leave the country? B, commit suicide? C, pretend it didn't happen? This is what a lot of people do. And eventually, you know, six months, nine months, a year, 13 months, you get a little friendly letter saying you goofed. Or D, file 1040X. Obviously, the correct answer is D, file 1040X, say, oops, I made a mistake. And, you know, they're pretty good. At least I've, I've made mistakes and I've sent it in. And they go, okay, no problem. They send you a letter, which is really hard to understand. But it's this, you know, computer-generated thing that says, yes, we, we got it. Okay, whew, are you done? Now you're going to go back over and do this, right? Right, you're going to do the first tax exercise again. You're going to do the second tax exercise twice, two, three times. And you're going to do the assignment. And now, slide number 32. Don't forget the state of California. Once the federal 1040 is finished, you then get to tackle the state of California's 540. Cute, huh? 1040, half, 540. Fortunately, it's far less than half the work. It's usually just two forms, the, the 540 and then California adjustments. That's what CA stands for, 540. Because California, for example, doesn't tax unemployment benefits, but the feds do. So you don't want to be taxed twice, right? Uh, California doesn't allow you to deduct your state income taxes. The feds do. So there are a few adjustments that have to be made. Again, if you use the software or if you go to the, the Vita or, or one of the programs online or, or that are free when you're making less than a certain amount and you find out how to do it for free, it will do it for you. All right. So, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And that we're done. Well, no, you're going to go back. As I said, do it over and over again. And then you're going to be so proud of yourself that you went through a typical 1040 for the typical homeowner and showed how the deductions are important. How ah, the mortgage interest deduction being the most important one. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at some, some uh, strategies. And we're going to see how the home mortgage interest deduction is not as powerful as it was in the past. Okay, dear students. Study, study, study. Bring honor and glory to Southwestern College. We are so proud of you.